All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 71 of the Newt News Podcast. A little impromptu uh, episode tonight. We'll be talking about the Keenan Middleton signing, which I'll admit I wasn't super excited about at first. And then also the Corbin Burns trade. <laughs> I think your mic's cutting out, Sandy. This has been a, a great start. It's all good. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Um, Keenan Milton, so I was actually on lockdown earlier today, and my I told uh, JD my initial reaction was like, what? I kind of fell off the board there. I mean, I'm being honest, like I just wasn't considering him as an option. wasn't really thinking about it, um, but like pretty quickly um, realized how dumb I was for not uh, thinking of him or looking at him as a real option for the Cardinals. Um, again, he fits in that two to five million dollar arm range, which at this point in the offseason with the relievers available, Personally, I think you're splitting hairs between them. Like, I don't really think there's a huge difference between Mayton, Middleton, um, all those guys, at least in terms of name value or uh, what you're trying to accomplish there. Now, it, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a sure reliever. So um, you're kind of rolling the dice with any of them. But Middleton's got an elite chase rate. Um, he cut his fastball usage down 50% in 2023, and that's where he found a lot of his success. Um, his changeup is like a 39% whiff rate. Um, his fastball is like 32% and his slider is like 35%. So he just produces a ton of swing and miss, which is incredible. And that's what the Cardinals bullpen needs. Um, Mid-90s fastball. Um, he's a veteran leader. and He's someone that was on the White Sox. So he kind of knows what a dysfunctional clubhouse looks like. And when he got traded to the Yankees, he was pretty quick to call that out. Um, and I just like it. It's another veteran arm for the back end it's not necessarily flashy by any means but i think now you've got five different guys that i at least feel comfortable with pitching the eighth and ninth innings because you've got helsley who's obviously the top guy and will be network just put him as the second best reliever in all of baseball which i think is real like he could he's top five um and then you've got geo kittredge um middleton and Jojo, who all could pitch the eighth and ninth. And last year, I think at most you only had two guys at any given point that you could rely on in the eighth and ninth inning. And so the fact that you have like five different guys that I feel like could pitch the eighth or ninth, and I'm not like freaking out about it by any means. And then you've got all these other arms who could emerge. Not only does the back end feel a lot stronger than last year, but the depth of the bullpen does. And so I could probably argue that the third like the the sixth or seventh best reliever on the opening day bullpen this year would probably have been the Cardinals' third or fourth best reliever last year. That's huge. And so I like all the options. I like Middleton specifically. And, I mean, we haven't got the deets of the contract yet, but it seems like a deal, like a steal there. So, Andrew, what did you think when you saw it? Yeah, I was a little surprised to see that the Cardinals um, jumped at this point. Um, I thought it was going to take a little bit longer um, for this to happen, but I guess it makes sense. They've been exploring the relief market for a long time. Um, And yeah, I I like it a lot. I feel like um, we have a lot of high leverage guys already. So adding another one who may or may not hit, um, like he had a really good year last year, but before that has been kind of off and on. 
Um, that's fine. Um, probably a one or two year deal at most. Um, hoping for a one year deal because that's just how uh, relievers tend to be. Um, but looking at um, looking at the bullpen, I know um, we're going to hit on that later. There's a lot of options that are going to be battling for the last couple of spots um, that are all really, really good. So we'll probably have the Memphis shuttle running back and forth. Um, I know we like that here. And um, it's going to be really good. We'll have fresh arms coming up um, because of all the all the depth we've acquired. And it'll, it'll just be really nice to have um, the bullpen depth that we didn't have last year. Yeah, I'll say I'm excited for what this bullpen can bring to the table. I think it's better than last year's bullpen. I think you guys are both right when saying that. Um, and the Middleton, so I said in the intro, the very scattered, uh, technically difficult intro, I said that I wasn't super excited about the Middleton signing at first. And Andrew makes a good point there to look back at some of his previous numbers. So I'm just going to read a little bit off of this baseball reference page. Last year, he was really effective in 50 innings split between Chicago and New York. And he was better in New York in the second half of the season, but in 50 innings split between those two spots, he had a three, three, eight ERA, which is great. Uh, but he was following up a really tough 2022 where he put up a 5.29 ERA in Arizona and a 2021 where he really struggled in 30 innings in Seattle with a 4.94 ERA. He also had an ERA above five in 2020. Um, so he had three pretty bad years before last year. And so that just worries me. Um, I wonder if this is like a, a one-time good thing, but also the peripherals are great. And that's something. So once I started to look past those service level numbers, I got a little more excited. And I think this really goes back to what Robbie was talking to us about yesterday, where the organizations that succeed, they find guys that other people are missing something in and they fix that one thing and they get better. And I think Middleton is one of those guys. I think the Cardinals saw some good peripherals that they really liked. They went in there and now hopefully uh, they'll exploit that and he'll be a very successful reliever. I think you're right. I think he's going to be a great back end add to this bullpen. He and Kittredge, fantastic moves. Yeah. And he already did make a fix on his uh, repertoire yeah. last year. He threw his fifth all he for no, he threw his fastball over 50% of the time before and he cut it all the way down to 25%, really upped his changeup usage. And so, like, they're not being like, oh, here's a guy with good stuff. Let's try and fix him. It's a guy with good stuff who already fixed himself. And sure, you're going to have yeah. to keep evolving. So maybe his, his arsenal changes sure. a little bit this year. Um, but I like that they've brought in guys who they think they can. Uh, unleashed they brought in guys who have unleashed themselves a little bit and they brought in some stable arms like a kittredge but i'm i just so someone asked about what we think the bullpen looks like i think you already have six spots locked up basically because you have helsley geo kittredge middleton jojo that's five and then you probably have fernandez because he's rule five picks that's six yeah he has to be there and then for a lefty you can either go thompson libby or king and then you can go Robertson or Palante. But like, even if you pick, let's say they pick Thompson and Palante. So you have seven, You have your, that means their opening day bullpen is eight guys of Helsley, Geo, Kittredge, Milton, Jojo, Thompson, Fernandez, and Roberts, or Palante. And then you also have in AAA, Robertson, Josh James, Riley O'Brien, wow. John Keane, Guillermo Gazinga, Zuninga, um, Mosellox talked about Graceffo as a guy that they want to keep in the rotation, but if they absolutely had to, could be a bullpen arm. That's six guys in AAA that I felt confident being in their bullpen. Last year, I couldn't even there, I don't think there was a single time during the entire year where I felt confident in all eight relievers on the roster. I think that's a massive upgrade. Um, and something, yeah, Guzinga. I'm sorry, I like that better. <laughs> Guzinga, I that's what happens. When I try to talk too fast. No, I get that. Um, too. 
So I think that's just huge. And then again, I don't think any of us in here are going to try and argue that all these guys are going to be great next year, but you need that many options so that you have someone emerge or you have the right mix emerge. So the opening day bullpen is probably not going to be the postseason bullpen if they make it. And then again, that's the, they have the trade deadline too, to go out and add a hot arm from Pittsburgh or from Anaheim. There you go. Anaheim. So I, I really like the mix. I think obviously the rotation leaves a lot to be desired and is eh. But I think this bullpen has potential to be really good. And then the other side point too is you have two different, you fill two different big op, like holes from last year. One, if a starter was struggling, Ollie basically had to go, okay, do I keep Jack Flaherty in and try yeah. to get another inning out of him? Or do I go to my bullpen and try to cover five innings with guys I don't trust? Yeah. So now you've got all these guys that, are like, again, fifth, sixth, seventh innings will be okay if they have to come in. And then if Lance Lynn gives you six innings, seven innings, or Sonny Gray gives you a great start, okay, now you've got two innings to cover or three innings to cover with Helsley, Geo, Kittredge, Middleton, and JoJo to all go after them. Like, this is just a completely different spot than they were in a year ago. And I really like it. I think the bullpen is the easiest. Like if I'm going to look back in the offseason and be like, where did they, where did they succeed here? I think the bullpen is far and away the A, the A is what I give them for what they've done at their bullpen right now. Um, because at least personally with how I like to build bullpens, I would much rather go after these high upside, low risk, go get a bunch of them, than go sign Brett Cecil and Andrew Miller and hope it works out. Like you just tie your hands up a lot with that. 100%. And something that is not getting talked about enough, and we emphasize it on this all the time, the depth, right? So you said yeah. that this bullpen is a lot deeper, but it's not just the bullpen that's deeper. It's Memphis that's deeper. And what that's going to do for this club is allow them to have guys coming back and forth, right? So if someone's struggling, he can go down. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at baseball reference right now. I've got the 2022 and 2023 Cardinals pages up. In 2023, the Cardinals only had eight relievers throw 30 innings or more. Oh, gosh. That's, that's crazy. In 2022, 13 guys did that. And that's just all the depth that they had. And part of it, <clears throat> part of it was injuries. Part of it was unavailability. But a lot of it was a lack of flexibility on the roster. Yeah. So you had guys that you could not send down. Like yep. early in the season, we're talking about DFAing Jordan Hicks because they, they did not have an option year for him. Yep. So if Jordan Hicks got sent down, he was getting claimed by another club. He was gone. And the Cardinals really were tied last year. This year, all these guys have options. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Fernandez has to stay on the active roster, and and some of these higher profile relievers like Helsley. Um, the only but, four that have to that don't have options is Geo, JoJo, Kittredge, and Middleton. Everyone else has two or yeah. more, or, or John Keene yeah. only is one option, but everyone else has two or more. Yeah, so you can have these guys coming up and down, and and that's great. So the Cardinals don't have to worry about that problem, and so that fixes the innings problem too. Not only do you have more guys you can trust, but you can actually use more players. You don't just have to hold guys on the roster for no reason when they're spent. Oh, it's 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 gonna make a world of difference for the team. Yeah. And when I went and did that list earlier, that's 15 names. 15. Last year, wow. sometimes I couldn't name more than four guys on the active roster in the bullpen. I had to be like, wait, is Casey Lawrence on there right now? Is is Ryan Tapera in there right now? I don't know. And now I'm like, I have to use three hands to count how many relievers that I least like. I'm not saying they're all gonna be great, but that like I can see if a future for Andrew. Yeah. Andrew, do you agree with that? Like, do you think the depth is there? Or do you think we're overrating it a little bit? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of guys that I'm comfortable with. Like, Libertor is probably going to start out in AAA. Um, 
Robertson probably going to start out in AAA. Like a lot of guys that um, would have made the the roster last year might have like closed games down the stretch. Yeah. Um, when Helsley was hurt, when Romero was hurt, like a lot of those guys might be in AAA, which is really good to see. I still think we should give Libertor one more chance as a starter. Um, so maybe like spending majority of the season down there. But um, if we need a lefty reliever, if one of them goes down, um, I feel like it would be a perfect option to have. Um, and John King might have to spend the season um, starting in AAA, um, which is not something I thought we would be saying last year. Um, I thought he'd 100% be in the opening day bullpen, but um, there's a real possibility. And like, it's also going to bring out the best in some of the pitchers at spring training because some of the guys are going to have to fight for for roles um, and yeah. we're going to see the best out of them. Um, and maybe Heim Bloom's like uh, analytics or um, just development in general, getting better um, is going to going to contribute to somebody maybe finding another gear. And, and that would also be really good. Yeah, I, I hope King gets a shot in the rotation or not rotation. Sorry, in the bullpen oh, on the opening day roster. Not not the rotation. <laughs> I hope King gets a shot though because he was so great down the stretch last year, and it would honestly be crazy to me uh, if he didn't get something. But I guess they'll do what they do. Like you said, there's going to be a ton of competition. There are just so many options, and so I think this is a great opportunity for us to preview what we think the bullpen could look like right now on February 2nd. Obviously, this is going to change after pitchers and catchers report. People will get hurt in spring training. It just happens. Look at Packy Naughton last year. Um, yeah. But we've said that there are six spots that are probably like locked in, right? So your five relievers that we think are probably going to form some sort of circle of trust with yeah. Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, Andrew Kittredge, Keenan Middleton, and then Jojo Romero. Yeah. All those guys have closing or late inning experience. And then Fernandez has to stay on the roster. So who do we think those last two spots are? I'm sure we'll have some discrepancies here. Yeah, I would per I would personally say either Thompson or Libertor is going to take that other left-handed spot. Um, again, John King definitely could, especially if the Cardinals want both Thompson and Libertor to be giving innings. But I think it probably helps them to have one of them as like a long relief option as well, if needed, um, and to make spot starts if needed. Um so I'd imagine one of them makes the bullpen as well. King was good down the stretch. He had a sub two ERA, but if you look at the peripherals, none of it looked sustainable. He's probably more yeah. of like a high threes, low four ERA guy, which is fine. It's especially as like your seventh or best, eighth best reliever. That's yeah. fine. Um, but then I would probably go Palante as that sixth guy. As not necessarily what I would do, but my guess because of the ability that he has to generate ground balls. They probably still want a guy in the bullpen that they trust to do that, and he can give length. Um, but I kind of hope it's Nick Robertson because I really like the potential of his stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the guys I would go with. Sneaky chance for maybe a Riley O'Brien um, to make it. I kind of doubt they have three lefties in the bullpen, um, but they could do that. They could do John King and JoJo as like the left-hand short inning guys, and then one of Thompson or Libby is like the lawn man. Mm, interesting. So that's Actually, what I think. Yeah. I actually uh, wrote this up um, the other day, um, and I think it's going to be Polante and Thompson. I feel like Polante has been working um, very sneakily behind the scenes on, on getting better. He's working on that new pitch that we don't really know how it's going to go, but um, I'm, I bet um, Heim Bloom has something to do with that. Um, he tends to, as Robbie said the other day, he tends to get the best out of um, pitchers who have like one or two like really good tools. Um, and I, I believe that like, I mean, we'll have to see, obviously, at spring training, but I feel like that's something I have a lot of confidence in. Um, and Zach Thompson, he could be this. I, I, we, I think we do need a long man in, in the bullpen. Um, 
that's something I kind of wanted Mats to fill if we were to say trade for another starting pitcher, which we'll get into um, in, a, in a second. But um, I think Zach Thompson um, is better as a reliever and just um, in general, um, not completely sold on him being a starter. He was pretty good. Um, he was pretty good last season um, when we were starting him, but he just wasn't able to get as many innings. Maybe that's because he wasn't stretched out, but I just, I feel like there are other options um, from the starting rotation that are more intriguing um, in the minors right now um, than Zach Thompson and using him as a long man, um, high leverage lefty um, makes more sense to me. That's interesting. I, I honestly have no idea where they're going to go with these two spots. I think if I was the GM today, I'd probably be leaning towards King filling one of those spots just because he did so well last year. And I know the peripherals aren't fantastic and I know the sample size is small and I know the K rate is really low, but I love his ability to generate ground balls. And he feels like a really good cleanup duty guy for me. Um, he had one of the highest ground ball rates in the league after he was traded to the Cardinals last year. And so that's someone that can produce a lot of double plays and especially now. And I know that there are probably a lot of people on here that aren't big Hudson fans, but having moved on from Dakota Hudson, who was a great stopper in the bullpen when he had to be hey, at the end of the season, two years ago, he was fabulous. Having moved on from that, you need somebody who can generate a lot of ground balls. And I really like King to fill that role. <laughs> yeah. I, I say what I said. I said what I said. Yeah. Um, you can't I say mean, you're not it. holding those water by defending Drew Verhagen and now Dakota Hudson. I just don't. I'm a Drew Verhagen I'll, super fan. I'll defend Drew Verhagen too. He's perfectly capable of yeah. six seven. Let's six, go. But not like I mean, the problem was they had to throw him in eighth and ninth toward the yeah, end. and that was not, bad. Not ideal. No, so. he was not set up for success in St. Louis. I'll say that. And I would not have been surprised had someone given him a chance after the season he had because hey, he I bet he puts up better numbers than Imanaga in Japan. Oh, that'd be fun. We should keep track of that. Yeah, we um, do. Higgins versus Imanaga. But the S for the other slot, honestly, I have no idea where it's going to go. I like the Palante idea. I, I like Palante as a long man, maybe. It's tough to know what the Cardinals want to do with Zach Thompson um, yeah. because I feel I mean, like – That's what spring training's for. Like Exactly. Spring. Yeah, exactly. But we entered last season thinking Thompson was going to be the lefty and then they sent him back down to be a starter. And it was like, that's just crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. I really like him in the bullpen role though, because two years ago he was fantastic. And obviously there were some questions about the peripherals there, but if he could reproduce anything close to those results, the Cardinals might have one of the best bullpens in the national league. If their seventh and eighth guys are doing that. So yeah. lots to be excited about. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of this. So I think probably we can turn our attention a little bit to the, the bigger news that happened a little bit earlier in the evening. And that's the, the Corbin Burns trade, which I mean, just felt like it came out of nowhere. Obviously the yeah. Orioles sold earlier in the week and um, it's kind of a, it's a financial group, deep pockets. I believe they might be Orioles fans too. Someone said at one point, maybe not, but they go out a few days later and go make the trade for Corbin Burns. And I was listening to Burns on the foul territory or uh, yeah, foul territory today. And he was saying they've been working or the 
Orioles GM was telling him they've been working on trading for all offseason and they've been talking to the Brewers. So this has been in the works for a long time, but then it finally happened. Yeah. Um, initial thoughts, like like quickly, just on on the um, the Brewers trade. Um, what like would you guys think of the return they got? What do you think for the Orioles? It's kind of wild. Two things about this return. First off, it's way lower than I expected it to be. Um, that's kind of the main thing. I can't believe that the Orioles, they, they gave up a glove for a shortstop prospect who's kind of a fringe top 100 guy. Baseball America doesn't even have him in their top 100. Um, he's old. He's not a super interesting prospect. And then Hall might be a reliever at this point. Uh, he was a much higher or a much more highly touted pitching prospect a few years ago. And I feel like he's really trended downwards. And then like some draft pick, but I just, I don't know. I don't think it's that, that great of a return for a guy like Burns, who's already won a Cy Young award. It felt like they were going to get so much. And so the second thing here is how that compares to other returns. Obviously that is way less than the White Sox want for Dylan Cease. Yeah. Now I know Cease has the extra control, but Cease is not a better pitcher than Corbin Burns. No. Um, it's just Corbin Burns has won a Cy Young award. Like Corbin Burns is a premier pitcher, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And yeah. also the Cardinals got more for 60 games of Jordan Montgomery than the Brewers just got for an entire year of Corbin Burns, which is absolutely nuts. So Mo masterclass again. Yeah. Um, I was really shocked um, by the Corbin Burns trade. <clears throat> Obviously we previewed the Brewers a little bit ago because um, we kind of thought they weren't going to trade Corbin Burns and they were kind of going for it when they signed Hoskins. So we're like, yeah, let's just preview the Brewers now. Um, obviously we have to do that again, but, um, I think the trajectory of the Brewers was really strange, um, cause they signed Hoskins. I was like, they're going to go for it. And now they traded Corbin Burns. I think Corbin Burns had the same thought. Um, I think in an interview today, uh, reacting to the trade and was like, yeah, when they signed Reese Hoskins, I thought I was going to stay for sure, but no, he's, he's off to the Orioles. Um, the main takeaway that I have right now is that the Brewers, chances of winning the central pretty much none um now they're probably gonna have to move on from adamas at some point bang because the rotation is freddie peralta wade miley so and then bad. like colin ray joe ross and dl hall like that's so not good. like remember when the brewers rotation was like one of the best in all of baseball that burns and woodruff both of them mm -hmm. are gone and now i'm taking the cardinals rotation over them like any day like sunny gray Freddie Peralta, they're pretty comparable, but after after Sonny Gray, um, you have like the, the guys like Miles Michaelis, um, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson are more proven than like Joe Ross, who hasn't pitched in the majors since 2021. Colin Wright came from Japan, he was terrible. Um, <clears throat> Wade Miley is kind of like Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, borderline territory. I think he was in that meme that we made when the, where the Cardinals signed Lance Lynn and, and James Paxton and Wade Miley, right? I think those were the three guys, so. He's their number two right now. So um, it's it's going to be interesting. I think Adamus is next. Evan Williams might go. Um, they might try to move on from Yelich even. I don't know. Um, that contract's going to be weird. But um, I think it's it's pretty much um, lost for the Brewers now, at least, at least for now. They're going to reset and then try to come back in like a year or two. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens with because Adames feels like a guy that they have like it just would be weird not to move on from because they do have um what's his face from the Orioles would they just Ortiz get, uh, Ortiz um who can play shortstop and kind of is like a very similar style player to Adames so they kind of replace him with that 
Um, but he's also in a contract here. But like with Devin Williams, Christian Yelich, Peralta, like I, I see those guys staying right now because the Brewers do have young talent coming up right now. Last year, they started to debut some of it. And early in the season, it was their young guys who were actually carrying them. Obviously, it fell off in the second half, but that tends to happen that the young guys run into walls. We've seen that in St. Louis a lot. Jackson yeah. Churio is coming up this year. And then Brewers have a top 10 system in all of baseball right now. So I, the Burns trade felt weird to me because, I mean, this team just won the NL Central by nine games. And the reason I was so low on them in all this whole offseason is because I just kind of thought this would happen because it's the freaking Brewers and they they do this stuff every time and it's it's mind-boggling if I was a Brewers fan I'd be so mad yeah it's just what they do um so on the Brewers side I don't see them as a realistic contender in 2024 but could would it be surprising me if they had a Brewer or a Reds type run from last year not really because they again the, the rotation is the thing that is the worst thing right now but the bullpen's still pretty good Lineup is better than it was, but it's not good still. But if Hoskins is good and Churio is good, that lineup, it's not bad. It's probably average. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me is the Orioles. Like, come on. I was just so, as like, just as a baseball fan, yeah. I was so frustrated by how they handled last year and that their biggest acquisition was Jack Flaherty. Like, come on. They should have been in. And so... The fact that they went out and got Burns and now they arguably have one of the best rotations in all of baseball with one of the best up-and-coming lineups in all of baseball, and they already won 101 games last year, and they have to even have Jackson Holiday on their roster yet, and they have all these top prospects. Come on, Baltimore. Like, Go take down the Yankees. Absolutely. Go win the ALEs. Go win the World Series. The Cardinals aren't there, which they probably won't be. Dodgers are Dodgers ahead of them. but okay. Go beat the Dodgers. Hey, no, no, no. They're going to lose to the Cardinals in seven. Come on. That's what you said. I we did. haven't actually, we might have to change those. Yeah. But, um, Look, I, I, I have to change my Milwaukee pick now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think? You have them in the NLDS. Look, I thought Burns was going to be there. Burns is a great wild card game one starter. Like that yeah, influences my thinking. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the Orioles aren't going to be in a wild card game. They're winning the division, they're getting a bye. Yeah. So. Any, any other thoughts on the trade itself? I couldn't agree more on the Burns to the Orioles stuff. Like, I just, I'm so happy for Baltimore. This is a team that won 100 games, and it was so much fun, like you said. Yeah. They are so much fun to watch. And now you're adding Jackson Holiday, who, I, in all seriousness, is one of the best prospects we've seen in a long time come through any system. Yeah. You're adding him. Gunnar Henderson's going to be your older and we know he's special. Adley Rutschman is going to be your older. He could take another step forward into superstardom. And now you're adding Corbin Burns to all of it. You're going to have Grace Rodriguez for the entire season. This team is awesome. Hopefully John Means is even going to be better now that he's two years removed from Tommy John. Um, can't say enough about how excited I am for Baltimore. It's great. It's a great move for them. And it really does influence the trade market a lot too. It's mm. another suitor gone for the White Sox. And so this is kind of where I wanted to move our conversation next. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, Chris Getz, has been asking for the moon for Dylan Cease and the Brewers kind of just set the market for aces and it's shockingly low. What what do we think about Chris Getz and the White Sox? Did they just lose all their leverage? I mean, the, the suitors for Dylan Cease, we saw, um, I think the Braves went out, they got Chris Sale. The Reds signed Frankie Montas. So like, we're done. Um, they, they could still do it. I don't know why, why they wouldn't, but, um, Please don't Reds. That would be so bad. Um, the Dodgers right. went out. They got Glass now. Um, now they have five starters, and they're 
probably going to bring back Kershaw, so it doesn't really make sense for them at Dylan Cease. Why not? <clears throat> maybe, but, I mean, they're going to have to build a six-man rotation, so maybe they'll get one more starter. I don't know. That would be a little frustrating, but I can't really see them doing it right now. Um, Baltimore, obviously, they just got Corbin Burns. And I don't really know who else is, is really left in the market looking for a starter. Maybe the Yankees. Uh, they just missed – they weren't on Corbin Burns for a long time, but I feel like they're going to go out and sign Blake Snell. Um, so I don't really know. There's not really that many options left for Dylan Cease to go to. And maybe I'm being biased um, and just thinking that, like, yeah, the Cardinals have a shot now. But the White Sox have to trade Dylan Cease this offseason. It's a huge mistake if they don't. I feel like they're not going to, but, like, it'll look like the Trevor Story thing with Colorado – um, like the um, Cubs not trading Contreras um, and all those like moves that like, it just doesn't make sense. You're going to recoup so much value um, for that. Um, and instead risking injury um, before the deadline or waiting until even next off season, which is, would be crazy um, if they waited until that long to, to trade him. Cause their window of contention is not going to reopen until Dylan Cease is a free agent. And it just, it just doesn't make sense for them to hold on to him. They sh- they can get, they can get some amount of value. Like, they get a lot if of they, value if they trade him. If right they now. had traded, um, if they had traded Dylan Cease for what he was truly worth, like a couple months ago, maybe they do get one of Donovan or Gorman. But now they really can't do that. Like now they're in the position that where they have to move on from Dylan Cease, and the Cardinals don't have to trade for him. They don't have to move on from Donovan or Gorman, so they can probably go out okay. and like do like a Dylan Carlson, and like a Thomas to JC package or something like that, that that doesn't involve one of the guys who's been proven at the major league level. Like yeah. it'll be a lot less than, than what they're asking for. And they completely overplayed their hand, which is great because now we can be in on that market. Yeah. That's yeah. the hope. I, I, I still want to rule out though. Like if their asking price comes down, it's not like just because a team walked away when their asking price is high. I mean, that's what the Cardinals clearly have done or else they would have met it by now. Um, so if the Cardinals are back in play, honestly, the Orioles could still be in play if they wanted to be, they have sure. enough guys to go get in all the guys that it would take, like, this is not the package. Even, even if the cease market came down, I don't think this would have been the package to get it done for Dylan C. So, I mean, if the Orioles really want to go out and be a, uh, uh, Bradish, um, Burns, cease Rodriguez rotation and literally be the world series favorite potentially. Um, yeah. Over the Dodgers. Um, the they break? could do it. How many two-way players do the Orioles have? How many okay, two-way players did that, do the Dodgers have what this did, year? What did that do for the Angels last few years? How much pitching is Shohei Otani going to do this year? I think exactly. they'll come back in the playoffs. The Dodgers don't have like a reliever. This year. So, That's a reliever, yeah. But seriously, like the Orioles could be back in play. The Braves, apparently, I mean, Anthopolis kept saying at their fan fest that Dylan Cease is too expensive. So if the price comes down, maybe the Braves are aggressive. Again, it's the freaking Dodgers, so who knows? They could do it again, the Reds. But I do think, I agree that it does play into the Cardinals' favor. <clears throat> and this is what they really like to do with these kind of trades, is they like to wait out the market, wait for all the options to go away, be one of the last players left at the table, and not be the first one to blink. And, yeah, well, it could work out this time. But I, if I'm, I'm right there with you guys, I kind of think they're going to wait it out hope till the deadline comes around and sure i mean it could work out for them if he stays healthy he pitches well and there's contenders who need arms they might end up getting more at the deadline than they can right now but i agree i think it's too risky if i were them i'd be cashing in the chips right now but yeah honestly the probably the offers they're getting in december i bet are better than what they're going to get now so maybe they maybe it forces them to wait anyways that 
They should have done it in December, but now they've so overplayed their hand that they kind of have to wait. Um, it's possible. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I do think this is – I've got a story I'm working on where I'm just – this trade with the, the Brewers just made, the Cardinals can be content and just sit and win the NL Central probably or at least be there with the Reds. Or they can go out and make that one more move and they can yeah. be the team. Like they could go spend, which is probably the better path go spend a Monty or Snell and not give up yes. any of their prospects. And then you have an elite, ro- or not elite rotation, you have elite top two in a good rotation. Um, or you go and trade for a cease or something and you really put yourself over the top in terms of being like a true NL Central favorite. And then you can at least like make it a series with the Brazen Dodgers. You have a puncher's chance. Right now, I don't think any of us even think they have a puncher's chance. I think they can make the playoffs, maybe win the wild card series, and then you're kind of done. Except Sandy apparently thinks they'll win the World Series. Look, the baseball <laughs> playoffs are very random. The Cardinals, it's true. Very. I'm not going to predict randomness from. though. Like, of I'm not going to. Yamamoto is not a playoff pitcher. I, I'm with you. I don't like to predict randomness yeah. either. But like, when my team needs randomness, I'm going to. Yeah. Hope it happens. Like it's the like when the Diamondbacks made the playoffs, I wasn't going to be like I'm predicting that they're going to have yeah. all this weird stuff happen and they're just going to win games. Like, of course. But but it, that's true. It can Baseball. happen. So. But yeah, I like what you said, though. I think there's if the Cardinals go out and there are still two pitchers, two ace level pitchers left that only cost money. And that's got to be the toughest thing. Are they even ace level pitchers? I don't know. I think I think Montgomery is an ace level pitcher and frontline. They're at least I'm I'm not a Snell lover, but he's won two Cy Young Awards. And how many guys active in the league today have done that? Like, even if you're not going to get like peak Blake Snell every year, you'll probably get at least one or two more years of peak Blake Snell. And that guy can, when he's at his best, one of the best pitchers in the league, he's just not at his best all the time. But back to what I was saying here, there are still two guys that just cost money. And if the Cardinals don't want to give up any more young talent, they don't have to, especially if those markets come down. Scott Boris is overplaying his hand the same way that Chris Getz has overplayed his hand. I wonder if teams have walked away from the table on them. I wonder if the Yankees have walked away from the table on a guy like Snell. Obviously, the Yankees will be interested again if the price tag drops. But could Montgomery drop into a range where the Cardinals are suddenly more interested? At the beginning of the offseason, we're talking about six years, 150 to 170. Like, no, I don't like that deal if I'm the Cardinals. But if he drops into the three for 85 range, like, yeah, I'm really interested in that. I would definitely be paying for that. Maybe you can front load it, too, with the Sunny Gray deferral. Uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. It's a lot of conjecture. But... You're right. The Cardinals can go and they can make themselves the favorite in this division and they can give themselves a real chance to emerge from the National League. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, that's I mean, honestly, at this point, it's the DeWitts that have to be the one, especially with uh, Monty and Snell. They they have to be motivated enough to get uncomfortable. Oh, no. Moises Gomez has been outright at the Memphis. Oh, OK. That's so fine. you're still here. Wow, everyone for nothing as per usual. Sorry, I had to let that one out. No uh, one claiming him on waivers though proves that everyone should have been quiet. About sorry, him. I'm hopping on Twitter to get some flowers here, but <laughs> sorry, uh, you guys can keep talking. I just gotta, I gotta rant about this real quick. <laughs> Does anyone remember a couple days ago? Everyone just freaking out about Moises Gomez. Yeah, all of that was so overblown, ridiculous. Obviously, it's it's like 
we like Moises Gomez. He hits a lot of home runs, but the strikeout problems are just too bad. Wait, where did you see it? Cabbage stuff. It's on. It's on his um baseball reference base. Someone put it in the chat. So um Justin put it in the chat. I looked. I looked it up and I was like, oh, he's been outrighted. That's cool. Yeah, credit Justin there. Thanks for that. Helping hmm. us get some news while we're live here. Let me. If you guys want to keep talking, I'll do some digging. More. I want to, baseball reference isn't the most trustworthy, but I'll check the Cardinals. Oh, it's the official minor league page, like his official player page says that. Oh, okay. So I'll um, check it. I'm gonna check the Cardinals transaction list because that yeah, that's the, where it's on. Well, I mean, that's nice that they get to keep him in the system, but I'll say it: I don't think Moises mm. Gomez is ever going to get a plate appearance for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's a shame because, like. He's done what they need him to do at the minor league level. He's hit a bunch of home runs and been really productive in Memphis. But I just, if the Cardinals didn't give him a shot last year, I can't see them giving him a shot in a different year. He's not a guy where you're like worried about starting his clock. You know, yeah. it's not like you don't, it's not like Mason Wynn where they didn't promote him because they didn't want to lose that extra year. It's, it's Moises Gomez, you know? It would be really funny if he came back and was like Adolis Garcia, but for the Cardinals. Mm, yeah, TK seems remember to remember when we so. DFA'd him. Yeah, yeah. The whole league passed on him. He, he NLCS MVP in like three years. Anyway. I would love that. I would love a Moises Gomez story like that, but I don't know. I just I can't see it happening. I think there are really really big holes in his game, notably his swing. It just he, he has way too many strikeout problems. Yeah, true. Josh is just Who is weird. it? Justin that said it? Yeah. Good, good call, Justin. Um, but yeah, if there are any other questions you guys have about maybe what the Burns trade does for the league or any takes that anyone has in the chat that you'd like us to go through, um, I think that's that's pretty much all we got to talk about tonight. Do you think the Cubs will swoop in and like sign Bellinger and sign Chapman and sign Snell and like try to win the central now? I certainly hope not. But yeah, but, but it's possible. It's still a four-horse race, which is crazy. Central's mm-hmm. going to be really fun this year, as long as the Cardinals are actually good. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just have to to beat the Pirates. Oh gosh, that would be the day we finished in last. Pete, like Cubs fans were partying. It was it was crazy. That's gross. Yeah, that was the first time the Cardinals had finished last in like a hundred years or something in mm-hmm. their division. It was a crazy streak. Absolutely brutal. First time to ever finish last in the NL Central, too. So, because it's only been around for like, you know, 30 years. True that. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. How about Ivan Herrera raking in the Caribbean series? So excited about Ivan. Should be a should be a fun season. And it's Contreras. I mean, Contreras should still be the primary catcher. That's the plan. But Ivan's going to get a lot of play appearances. And if he's hitting, I mean, they're going to fit him in as much as possible. That's for sure. So, um, but yeah, I feel like we've we've covered most of the bases tonight. Um, again, we'll be on tomorrow uh, with Max, or sorry, not tomorrow, Sunday with Max Ratchik. It's Ratchik like magic. He uh, said during a winter warm up. But minor league pitcher of the year for the Cardinals last year. Super excited to have him on. So um, definitely tune in at two p.m. on Sunday about that. Hopefully, we don't have to do an emergency pod between now and then because no wow. Yeah, that's true. Oh, here, one more thing, real quick, from Justin, especially because he came up clutch at the Moises Gomez thing. Just, just we have to point it out there: Fox Sports, ESPN, 
like pretty much all of the major outlets are like, hey, the Cardinals had a good offseason. So the disconnect and then Rappi on Wednesday, like the disconnect between the national media and how people are like, oh, the Cardinals, they went out and made a ton of moves. And the uh, I would say the loud minority of the fan base that believes they've done nothing. There's a big, big disconnect there. Again, not saying they had a perfect offseason, not saying it's not underwhelming to an extent. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of reason to believe that the Cardinals are turning things around. If the Cardinals go get another starter, and I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, I'm I'm not. I think it's it's the offseason's probably wrapped up. But like, if they had gone out and gotten Montgomery, or even if they like somehow swing a trade for Cease or Lazardo or something, there's the Cardinals probably had the best offseason of anyone outside of LA. If that happens, like seriously, it, they they did a lot of good stuff. You can look around the league, and very few rotations have as much certainty as the Cardinals. You really can like. As long as everything health-wise stays okay, Cardinals have a lot of certainty in rotation. They really have bolstered this bullpen. You kind of know what's going to happen. So I, I'm very confident in this offseason. I think it's I think the six best feels really good. Sandy, you're going through a tunnel right now? Just cutting out the end there. It's all good. I'd say maybe the one team off the top of my head, I'd be like, I think they did better was the Diamondbacks uh, just because mm. added Eduardo Rodriguez and now they have a really strong top three and then they got multiple bats. Um, I don't even know if that's better, but it's in the same class. But yeah, to your point, if this, oh, but you're, you're, yeah, that was your point. They add one more starter. If they add one more starter, yeah, outside the Dodgers, then there's no one that had a better offseason. So nobody. So Anyways. Yeah. I feel like well, the Dodgers offseason might end up being like really bad at some point, but that is my own. Yeah. No. When they fall apart and they sell Otani and he goes to the Pirates, that's what's going to happen. Well, I will say this. All Sonny my Pirates Gray are big signing. <laughs> Andrew, that's crazy. Sonny Gray is a big signing. Like it Cardinals is. fans have undersold that all offseason. It's a big deal to get a guy who just received a bunch of Cy Young votes. Yeah, that's a big deal. He's a very I, good player. I would love if we could replay the offseason and have them sign Gray as their first signing. How much different that reaction would have been? Because I feel like so much of the underwhelming side of it was, okay, are you kidding me? This is the this is the solution at the top of the rotation. When people were really hoping, and me myself included, for them to go add two top guys. Sure. Um, but I mean, again, Gray in himself is excellent. So. Hopefully this doesn't age poorly. Yes, yeah, it is. It better not. Personally, Anyways. I've got seven. Anyway, uh, well, <laughs> oh gosh, six starters or seven all stars because both did uh, well. all six starters could be an all star. You know, all six of them, including Thompson. That's true. That's the true. Cardinals have six starters this year. They actually yeah. kind of do. Um, <laughs> a couple quick plugs on the way out. Obviously, if you guys can like and subscribe, it's huge for the channel. Again, sure. we've got more content coming. Really excited about all the stuff that we've got coming up this year. So please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, if you're interested in being part of our membership program, you get access to our or our Discord um, with the first tier, and there's other tiers as well. Um, we're gonna start doing our member live streams soon. So spring training games are coming up, regular season games are coming up. So we'll have some of that. Which so if you're interested in interacting with us on a more intimate scale, that's something you could do. But then Discord is awesome because anytime a move happens, we're talking about it in the chat, giving our opinions and our thoughts. So it's a great way to build community with other Cardinal fans. And the people in there are great. So it's not Twitter where it's super toxic. You get different opinions, but it's a really fun and nuanced conversation. So I love that about our Discord. 
Um, and then again, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram where you try to keep up with things over there. Andrew's meme game has been on point lately. So okay. if you want to, if you want a good laugh, just follow the new news Twitter account because Andrew, Andrew's killing it over there. But um, again, we'll see you guys Sunday unless for some reason Blake Snell signs in St. Louis on Saturday, which would be incredible. Or if it's on a one year deal, let's not do six years. Whatever that eight year deal he wants, no way. I'm out. Yeah. Nine two seventy thirty a year for <laughs> yeah. nine years. No way. That's not happening. He's not getting um, that. Yeah. So that's like Derek Cole money. It's terrible. Yeah. I don't know what he's thinking. So, anyways, we're excited for Middleton. We're excited that Burns is not going to be cutting up the Huge. Cardinals lineup anymore. So and we're hopeful the Cardinals take advantage of this opportunity. But until then, see you on Sunday with Max Rachik.